Welcome to Finding Certainty with your host and U.S. Army veteran, Patrick Lang. Over the next hour, you'll learn from Patrick and his expert guests how to attract more certainty into your business and your life. Now, here is your host, Patrick Lang. Good morning. Welcome to Finding Certainty. We appreciate you coming back if you're a frequent listener or if you're new to the show. Thanks for stopping by. On Finding Certainty, we analyze all the ways in which we can create, develop, and discover greater certainty in our lives and in our occupations, whatever that might be. We work with nonprofits, we work with businesses, we work with individuals in our company, Certainty Management. And here on the show, we dissect the ways in which we're doing so. Today on our show, we have Mr. Rob Jeremiahson. He's one of the co-founders of ScaleUp which is the sampler training franchise, I guess you call yep. it, right, right, Rob? Correct. That's You're right, in right. Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, thanks for being here, Rob. Really appreciate you taking the time to spend uh, with us this morning. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, always a pleasure, my friend. You know, I always start out the show by sharing two reasons why I've invited this specific guest to be on Finding Certainty. And the first is, I believe especially in business, but really in anything we do in life, having an understanding of effective sales skills is paramount. You might be closing your girlfriend on marrying you. You still need to understand yeah. the value of sales. Obviously, their business is focused on, on businesses and corporations that are looking to increase their, their sales numbers. But I believe it's a really critical piece in finding or creating more certainty, more assurance mm -hmm. in our own businesses and lives. And secondly, I'm an enormous fan of the Sandler sales system. I've been, I was a sales trainer for many, many years, incorporated Sandler into much of what we did and what I've done. And uh, there are a lot of different sales methodologies out there, a lot of different sales companies but I believe Sandler is the best, and I speak from experience. We'll get into a little bit of that in the show today. I'll share uh, one, at least one of my uh, experiences mm -hmm. as Rob breaks down for us what Sandler is and how it differs from everything else out there. So mm -hmm. thanks again for being here, Rob. Yes, great to be here, Patrick. So starting out, why don't we talk a little bit about you? Okay. You're, you're on the hot seat. Uh Tell us a little bit about who is Rob Jeremiah. Where are you from? Maybe a little bit about your, your yeah. upbringing and your family and what brought you to owning this Sandler franchise here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, let me, I guess I'm a Minnesota native, right? So uh, that's where I was right. born and grew up and, um, you know, long suffering Viking fan. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, I, once I finished school, I thought, you know, it's pretty cold in the winter in Minnesota. I'd like warmer climate. So I I moved to California, and I was in San Francisco area for a while. I moved to Los Angeles, and then I was in um, Austin, Texas for really what was the start of my, I guess you could say, my professional career um, back in the later eight, uh, 90s. Um, was got married. I uh, had two of my three kids there. Um, and was working for Dell, Dell Technologies, um, and was there for four years. And I, during that time, I had a real interest in, you know, moving overseas. Uh, my wife was, we were interested in exploring, you know, going somewhere else. And 
that sort of thing. And, you know, what I was really interested in, this is around 2000, was somewhere in Asia region was compelling because that's when it was really all happening, that part of the world. That was exciting for me. So I was able to get an opportunity to do that, and I, but actually based in Sydney, Australia to do an Asia-Pacific role, but they needed someone specifically based in Sydney. And that was like, wow, okay, that'll work for me and family. So we we moved there in 2002. And long story short, uh, spent 14 of 17 years in Australia with a three-year stint in Singapore. Um, wow. Yeah, I had a lot of different roles uh, at Dell and then eventually moved to a software company, the ERP software company from there. Um, and did a lot of stuff across Australia, New Zealand, Southeast Asia, Asia Pacific, and Japan. And that was a tremendous experience and moved back so, to the U. Go ahead. So question for you. Sydney seems just like an incredible city to mm. me. I've got a very good friend who's a movie producer down there. Mm. I, I lived in New Zealand as a child. I've been oh, all right. over the South Pacific, but I've never been to Australia. It's on my bucket list. So wow. I mean, 14 years there, that must have just been incredible. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I, you know, we became permanent residents and, and stayed in, you know, a long time. We were, at first it was like, you know, two years, but kind of open from there. And it just, you know, ended up staying, getting permanent residency, like I said. And in the middle of that, did a stint in Singapore, which was super exciting as well. But living in Australia was fantastic. I mean, my two oldest kids are in university or one's finishing, one's about halfway through. They're going to school in Australia. I mean, they, my kids basically grew up there and, you know, so. Um, That's home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, they're they're in university there, and um, I go back, you know, quite a bit because I have tons of friends there, and as well as you know some kids in school and that sort of stuff there. So it's really been a, a great experience uh, living abroad and and uh, doing those things. I can imagine. So you've you worked in technology for a long time. You said Dell, and then a software at Dell. company. Yeah, and so did a uh, did that, and then also some startup stuff. And when I came back to the U.S., it's with the the software company, and then um, migrated to a, a startup to work with some friends that were I'd worked with many years ago at Dell, and that was in the cyber security space. So, you know, I had done a big multinational company. I'd done a medium sized sort of family owned run business and some startup stuff in technology, which was phenomenal because it's sort of, they're all very different experiences. And that was great. Um, so kind of coming into how I got to where I am now story is, um, so my business partner, David Ooze, um, who I met when I moved to Australia, he was working for Dell in Japan and he was, uh, he'd lived in Japan for, for decades and um, most of the, pretty much most of his uh, professional career to that point. Anyway, so we worked together a bit. Uh, he changed companies. We stayed in touch. We'd meet up in, you know, different parts of Asia, Singapore, Tokyo, Shanghai, Hong Kong, wherever type of thing. Stayed friends for all those years. And he moved back to the U.S. a similar time as I did. And and during and then COVID hit. Right. And so I was doing that some startup stuff. And that was probably a good thing to be doing during COVID. But it wasn't a permanent thing and he was doing stuff that wasn't what he really wanted to do. And we started talking about, Hey, you know, we want to do something different. And it kind of was like, okay, which treadmill do we want to get back on? Right. We, like I said, we've done big multinational, medium size and startup stuff. He'd done the same and weren't really compelled to go do that. So question. Um, yeah. Were you in sales throughout most of that time? 
Yeah, uh, project always... management, operations. What, what were you doing yeah. exactly? Oh, good question. I mean, all of those things were a revenue side of the business. So direct sales, managing teams, managing larger teams, regional, um, uh, sub-regional. You know, I had, um, you know, ANZ business or uh, Southeast Asia or Asia Pacific Japan type of stuff. And in the U.S. was uh, sort of a global role for part of that business. And then on the startup side, it was around getting the revenue business going and getting that set up and, you know, starting the the process of generating revenue type of thing. So it was always on that side of the business. Right. So a good precursor to uh, becoming a sales trainer. You know, I've, I look back at my career and I've done the same. I've worked for corporate America and big, you know, major corporations, mid-size mm-hmm. startups. And it, that gives you a unique perspective. I mean, if you've always been a corporate guy with, you know, big Fortune 500 companies, mm-hmm. I think you miss a lot of the intricacies and challenges of a startup, you know, mm-hmm. intricacies of a, mid, uh, of a mid-sized family-owned company. They're all the politics, the dynamics, the technologies, the, the budget, the budget, right? I mean, there's, there's a lot of variables between the different types of businesses. And if you have only done one or the other, I think you're missing a big piece of that perspective. Would, would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, they, they were all very different experiences, um, you know, and they varying degrees of success or challenge or mm-hmm. pain or fun, <laughs> right? So a lot of um, pain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the pain builds, you know, thick skin and and like learning, right? You learn yeah, skill that. set. Sure. Right, exactly. I've had roles that were like a lot of fun. And yeah, I was successful in them. And, you know, I was able to do other things after that. And I learned stuff, but the ones that were probably the most challenging, those are the ones you probably, I learned the most. I would probably. Absolutely. Say. Yeah. For sure. They definitely make you grow and you have to learn to pivot and adapt mm-hmm. and all those things. So, yeah. Yep. Okay. So you're talking with David, who I've met. Yeah. Really great guy. He, uh, he so, and you were looking for maybe a new direction. And did you want to get back on the, the treadmill, right? Did you want to yeah. go back to work for a big company, start your own? You know what? Uh, tell us more about that conversation. Yeah. So, I mean, we were both like, he wanted to do something different. I want to do something different. It was like just during COVID. So it was a really difficult time to um, specifically go into a direction. But it was like a good time to actually pause and like, go, okay, what do we what do we think? Right. I mean, it was. Had it not been COVID, probably we wouldn't have done that. We probably just would go on whatever horse we found that seemed the best one and off we go, which could have been fine and all that. But I think, you know, during that period specifically, we were like, because there wasn't an immediate thing we could go decide to go do, we had to think about it. And we kind of came to the realization, I'd rather do something myself. Like we both had about 25 years of professional experience doing the things that I described and his were similar. And um, so we like we got a lot we've done so let's what could we do well it's a long story short on that as we started looking at what are the things that we might be able to do ourselves meaning our own business right um so evaluated a number of things and and so through that we found when we found sandler we pretty much discarded everything else we we're kind of looking at the point because that was like a standout this is interesting better than the other ones we're looking at and then spent three months of real heavy due diligence on Sandler, uh, the business, what's required, et cetera. And um, I think what certainly sealed the deal for us is the network, as you would appreciate, Patrick, I think is that the network within Sandler, the Sandler businesses around 
um, the country, North America, and were just fantastic. Uh, they were all open book. They were they would tell you all the good, all the challenge, all the difficulties. Every single person we talked to was very clear on the first year and two are brutal, mm-hmm. right? So there was no sugarcoating stuff. So I can we, imagine. Yeah. So we went in with our eyes open, knowing what we were getting into. Um, and so, yeah, once we once we decided to go, we we, you know, we got it going, which was officially in really July and August of 2022. You know, it's interesting because our stories are are similar in ways, Rob, and but also there's one distinct difference. Um, mm. You know, we started our company in 2019, right before the pandemic hit. You know, we, right. built, we built it during this global, uh, you know, shutdown, and it was that that, that brought its own set of challenges, right? Mm. The, I think the thing we were missing and the difference between our our startups was that we didn't have that network and that support and right. the you know other franchisees to reach out to. We were creating something from scratch and I it was me all by myself originally and then eventually mm-hmm. I brought on some partners and we brought on affiliates and so forth but yeah you know I would have loved to have that that roadmap I guess you will if you will, where you could be in business mm-hmm. for yourself but not by yourself. Yeah. That's that's really valuable because you're not making it up as you go along like we have been, right? Yeah, that's great. Exactly. And we'll spend talk a little bit more you know, about Sandler. But I mean, like you know, the, the the amazing content is there. Like we didn't have to go and create that. That's the beauty of, of exactly. this, right? The hardest part, of course, which you know, is getting it off the ground, right? You know, it's our, you know, ours. It wasn't, you know, there's nothing given to you. You have to go get it. Uh, but the contents there and, and that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, rela- that relationship. You know, we mm-hmm. we've we've established relationships with vendors over the last several years, and and uh, that's been fine. And they're fantastic. And in a very real sense, they're they're the business side. They're the Sandler side. They already have an existing cost reduction approach or an existing product line. And so I guess there's some similarities there, but. Yeah. But I, I know the fact because I, I know other Sandler franchisees. I've got a very good friend named Jeff Schneider up in Portland. Mm-hmm. And he, he he's talked to me a lot about how they they really help you. They really give you the blueprint. They give you the roadmap. They give you the support and the content and the training. And, you know, that's – and so it's – you're not having to reinvent the wheel. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Your job is to go out and find customers. They really hand you this business model that has been proven yeah. for decades. Right. right. Which yeah. Is amazing. One of the one of the hardest things is uh, just forgetting what you think you know or or what would come naturally to you in terms mm-hmm. of just following what is like you said the roadmap. So that can be difficult at first, right? Because you're like, well, that doesn't seem like right. So I, I would normally go this direction with this, and so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think to be successful, not only with the training that you take with Sandler, but also as a business with it is just following the, what works, even when it's not natural or uh, counterintuitive in some ways. It's a good word for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a proven roadmap. It's a proven template. Right. And, and yeah, I bet you deal with the same thing and you have those same conversations with your customers on a daily basis because much of what Sandler does, which we'll get into maybe after our break here, but mm-hmm. much of his approach and their approach to sales is is counterintuitive, 
right? It's non-traditional in a very real sense, which I loved because as mm. soon as I tried it and figured it out, it was so refreshing and not to mention effective, but but I bet you have those conversations every day with the clients, right? They so just trust yeah. me, just yeah. tr- trust me, this is going to work. Yeah, you do have to get some that are very easily like, okay, let's do this. And others, you know, that maybe have a lot of experience, it's maybe harder to do that. Mm-hmm. And so um, it usually takes, uh, you know, they'll get the, a little bit of a grasp on it, but they're only really doing a little bit of it, right? And so it, once you go through the course longer, then that's if they start letting go of that and just accepting, I have to be uncomfortable doing these things, and then it becomes less uncomfortable, and then you get really good at it. Yeah. So you have th- you have three children. You kind of skipped past your upbringing. Uh, oh, okay. you have, you know, do you attribute some of you know what you're doing and how you do it to your family, to your your parents? Yeah. I mean, in terms of like what what I've done in career wise, I mean, I think I was always comfortable with, uh, you know. Uh, I worked at a very early age at a golf course, you know, at the driving range, picking up golf balls and then migrating up to being in the cleaning golf clubs and then into the pro shop, right. Where I worked with people and stuff. So I've always been comfortable. I think as a, as a young person interacting with people um, Mm -hmm. so that my career path and what I was doing made sense from what I kind of grew up with. Right. And so, um, you know, I'm, I was very much an extrovert as a younger person. I've, I've been a little less of that as, as I've gotten, you know, into my fifties. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's been a, it's been an interesting journey. I bet. I have a, a partner of mine who just moved from Scottsdale to Eden Prairie, Minnesota to be close okay. to her grandkids. She says, I think we're going to be snowbirds though. I think we're going to go back yeah. in the winter. Believe me, they will. <laughs> They're not from there. It won't take, it'll take them one winter to realize they need a second place. Yeah. <laughs> but she's excited to be close to her grandbabies. Yeah, no, that's a great so. place. Great place to grow up for sure. Absolutely. So uh, we're up against our first break. You're listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang and Rob Jeremiahson. He's one of the partners in Scale Up. What's the full name exactly, Rob? Scale Up? Scale Up Advisors. That's right. Yeah. Scale-up advisors, they do sales and management training here in uh, the Las Vegas, Nevada area and elsewhere. If you're referred, right, you you really have no limit if someone refers you elsewhere. But um, don't go away. We're going to give you a, a quick minute for our advertisers to look at you and for you to look at them. We'll be right back. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Certainty Management can help create more certainty in your life with our deep discount health insurance options, even for 1099s, part-time employees, volunteers, and more. Pay less to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your team. Call 888-684-3122 for a free quote today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. If you're a nonprofit in need of funding, we can help. Certainty Management is a cost reduction firm that also helps churches, schools, sports teams, and other nonprofits raise unlimited zero-cost funding. Best of all, you don't have to sell anything or ask for donations. 
Call 888-684-3122 to learn more today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang. Have a question for Patrick or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show with Patrick. You know, Rob, um, as I was thinking, as the uh, prelude was playing, it talks about how I'm, I'm a veteran, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I meet people sometimes are like, wow, your hair is a lot longer than a veteran's usually is. <laughs> I need a yeah. haircut right now. If you're on YouTube watching us, it's like I have this, I was on a call the other day with with three or four other guys and they were all bald as a jaybird, right? They mm-hmm. were, and they were telling me that bald is beautiful. Of course they and were. They were giving me a hard time about my long curly hair that both my grandfathers had full heads of hair. And I said, well, guys, I'll take your word for it, but. I'll keep my hair. I'll keep my hair, right? <laughs> but I, yeah. I, I do need a haircut, it, and it gets curly, as you can see. You know, it's, yeah, it does. I do know. Yeah, yeah. yeah you it's, look uh, very nice today, Patrick. Oh, thanks, man. You too, my friend. Okay, so if you just joined us, we're listening to Rob uh, Jeremiahson visiting with him. He's uh, he's one of the founders of a unique sales and management training organization named Scale Up Advisors. Um, they are a Sandler franchisee in Las Vegas, Nevada. Tell yeah. us just in you know sixty seconds, what is yeah. Sandler? What do you do? Let's let's break it down a little bit. Yeah, sure, sure. So Scale Up Advisors, right? We provide and we are what we offer the market is Sandler sales and leadership training, organizational development uh, for companies of really of all sizes, right? And so. The, the clients that we work with are, you know, the, they might be they're successful companies in their own right, but they're maybe looking for some improvement. Um, so they, they may be challenged with a number of things they may have. Um, they might be struggling with uh, their teams aren't very good prospectors or they're uncomfortable in that environment. And then the consequence being they're not bringing in new cust- new clients, new customers. Um, which is the lifeblood of any successful business, right? Uh, they could be struggling with, you know, their sales cycles go on forever and ever, right? And and their team's spending so much time, and things drag on and drag on, and oftentimes nothing ever comes out the other end of it, right? Um, or they might be concerned about they, you know, keeping their top sales talent, right? Because they they've got you know people coming and going, and they don't want to lose their best people. Sometimes right. that's the reason for why they might work with us. So. Um, you know, Sandler's been really successful at helping uh, sales uh, salespeople, but in other areas we'll talk about, um, really make the changes to be more successful on a permanent basis, and and you know through the reinforcement component that Sandler is really good and effective at, and is why so many clients stay with us. So those are it's a maybe a, a one minute overview of Sandler and what we do. Yeah, that's great. You know, when I was first introduced to Sandler, I, uh, I it resonated with me immediately. I know that some people maybe it takes a little bit to warm up, but I was mm. 
although David Sandler, who was the founder, is and he and I are very different personalities. He was this hard nosed Easterner. I mean, is he from New York or Chicago Baltimore. or Baltimore? Baltimore. So, you know, very direct, very in your face, a little bit, very, very. Um, I, I I think of him as East Coaster, right? It's like a New yeah. Yorker, right? Yeah, he's from yeah. Baltimore, but but his his philosophy was that he believes that every salesperson should have equal business stature with their customers. And his approach was for me, just this breath of fresh air. I, w- I had been in sales for 20 years when I was introduced to Sandler. This was, you know, maybe 15 years ago, right? a little more than that, maybe 16, 17 years ago. It was such a breath of fresh air. And I'm sure you hear that. Mm. a lot of people right do you want to unpack a little bit why i would say that and if not i'll add to yeah it. that's a i mean i think what you described I and mean, what what brought what david sandler why he why there is sandler training right why there is is that he was struggling himself in the field of sales um and he thought there's got to be a better way he'd done all sorts of training and that sort of stuff one of the things that he did was work with a, a fairly renowned psychologist in establishing Sandler, because what he wanted to understand is just more of the human interaction, human behavior side of things, right? In terms of why people, different people do different things with the same information or the same approach or whatever, and understanding that piece of it. And that was a fundamental part of it and is well embedded within everything Sandler is that piece of it. So I think um, that that's a core element of it. And I think to your point, which is, you know, salespeople maybe histor- uh, whatever historically are often are, you know, they're 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 hoping that that the buyer will like me, right, and that I can right. they'll buy my stuff or I'll buy my services, and you know, it's kind of like the groveling salesperson type of thing, hoping for the best outcome. And so, yeah, David Sandler's approach is that's not it at all. I mean, you what you have is of equal or greater value than the person you're working with. So it's just important that you have what we call equal business stature, right? They have possibly a problem that you can fix. If so, you have you are the expert in this area to deliver that good or service to help that person's issues or problems or make them more successful, right? right. And so you need to go in with the right mindset and but also know how to establish that because that's not an automatic, obviously. Well, I've talked for years with my salespeople about, you know, not all of the Sandler model. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, but mm-hmm. but I have my favorites, right? These these specific approaches, the Sandler submarine, uh-huh. the, the upfront contract, you know, uh-huh. with the understanding fear uh, in a customer, the Chinese uh, menu, you know, the, these yeah. things that are Sandlerisms, right? I mean, if you, just to help clarify, Sandler taught a model called the Sandler submarine and he broke the steps of a sale into various compartments. You picture an old submarine, you know, those old war movies like U571 or something, there's usually a, they take a hit and one compartment is filling up with water and they have to hurry and close the hatch. And there's always mm-hmm. one, there's always one guy who gets stuck in there, right? Blah, 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 yeah. blah, 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 you know, you yeah. see him drown through the porthole and, you know, but he talked about how you have to close these compartments before you move to the next one. But the, I think the one of the most unique things about it is he flips the entire process on its end, mm. talking about establishing business 
stature or equal business stature and this relationship with your customer, he was also very big on not, how did he say it? Not being an unpaid salesperson. Un, no, yeah. Don't, no right? more free consulting, right? Unpaid yeah. Yeah. Consulting. Yeah. And I love that because I've done a lot of it in 20 yeah, years. Most of you, most of you, most of you. So I, yeah, that's great. I mean, Patrick, mm-hmm. so the, you know, what a Sandler's laws evolved over the years around that. Like, for example, we're not using the submarine per se anymore, but the same elements and components just in, in, um, in how we go about training those. But I think what a little bit to what you were talking about is, yeah, there's a, a definite process and methodology used, right? And so that, that first piece is around establishing the right type and kind of rapport with someone that you're meeting, let's say for the first time, to get some establishment of relationship and trust, which will then get you to equal business stature, right? So once you have that established, and then that next bit you talked about upfront contracts, which is, man, it is one of the most effective, it's almost like a little thing that seems pretty simple, but if you- if you you, powerful. When you apply it properly, man, it is just, it helps set up what it what it is designed to do is give the salesperson, um, which often they're missing, which is control of a process, a sales engagement, a conversation, mm-hmm. without being controlling. So it's not about the salesperson controlling and dominating it to the to the detriment of who you're talking to. It's ha- you having control, but in a way that's uh, uh, mutually beneficial. So you're both working towards the same objective and getting out what did you need to know, what do you want, what do I want? And at the end of that, we'll make a decision on either yes or no, or move forward. If not, no problem. Um, but if we do, here's what the next steps are gonna be type of thing. So it's right. super, super effective there. And then the, the, the really the core piece, it is not about how to close better and faster and all that sort of stuff. What it is the really the most impactful stuff is getting off to the right start, like what I described, but then the qualification piece, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, there's a, in sales, there's a lot of, you know, always be closing sort of thought, like close every time, you you know, as much as you can, often as you can, and, you know, get the sale, get the sale. Um, so sailors not about, it's all about qualification, always be qualifying, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's three phases to that. You know, quickly, those are, you know, understand what we call pain. What is the problem? the prospect that you're working with has, right? And there's a couple elements to that is what they say they have the issue with, but digging in to understand what is the, what are the reasons for that problem? And then what is the impact? Because you need to get it to an impact of it's costing me this much, or I'm not getting this much, or I'm you know losing something. Usually it's dollar terms that are really meaningful, mm-hmm. or it could be if I don't get this fixed, you know, my, I'm going to get fired. Right. That, that that motivates somebody when it's a big dollar figure or it's a, you know, another element of, of issue, if, you know, then they're motivated to do something. Right. right? Well, speaking of the upfront contract, I want to mm. drill down on that a little bit more because it's my favorite part. One of my favorite parts. Right. In the right, whole right. process, because I talk about refreshing. Right. And mm. setting yourself apart from your competition or from other salespeople. When you start out with this statement that, you know, the whole, the reason we're here to see if we're a fit, right? Mm-hmm. See if I like you and you like me, or we like you and you like us. And, and you establish this understanding of what's going to transpire. At the end of the appointment, you're going to get a yes or a no. 
you're ensuring you're speaking to the right person. You discuss the, the budget. You just, but that transition from that upfront contract into pain yeah. and asking those questions and get them to open up. That's what eliminates all the unpaid consulting, right? First you determine sure. that they have a need and then you determine yeah. you're talking to the right person and, and you get into the budget. And, and the thing that, is most different maybe about it is that the presentation comes at the end. At the end, yes, correct. Right, yeah. and so you know you're presenting to the right person, saying the right things. You can do it faster. It's more customized. I love that because you know how many presentations I've done in my career, and then I'm kind of closed after I've thrown everything against the wall, hoping something sticks. Something sticks. I mean, right, yeah. Sandler's more like a sniper approach than a shotgun approach, and yeah. it's it's very. Yeah. It, it was very invigorating for me. Yeah. You know, upfront contract, like I said, there's, there's the elements are, you know, what are the purpose? What are we here for? How much time do we have? And and when we're good for that, uh, what is it that you want to get out of today's call meeting? What have you like, what's your agenda, right? Mm-hmm. Here's what I want to get out of it. And I need to ask, I want to ask about ABC. And is it okay if I ask you those questions? And that's important because a lot of times a salesperson goes in and, the prospect to go, okay, sales rep, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hammer him with all the questions. I want to get all the information I can from him. And that's when you start doing the tap dance. It's just a tap dance then. So you're saying, okay, we're going to cover these things that you want to hear. Here's what I need to cover. And here's, is it okay if I ask you these questions, right? And then at the end, uh, outcome, it'll, you know, we'll either decide on A or B um, and we can figure that out at the end. And if there's a next steps, we'll work that out together. So that is very impactful in terms of structuring that conversation and getting the right plan together with them agreeing and an outcome to your point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's important to let the the other thing is is to let them know it's okay to say no. In other words, Patrick, if if we get to the end of this conversation, you don't think I'm the right fit for you. I'm not the right resource for your company. That's okay. Are you are you okay to tell me that? Right. First time they've ever heard that from a salesperson right. in their entire career, right? So it's That's really important to give you the right to tell me that no is a good, okay answer and I'm accepting it. I'll accept that. Conversely, right. I'll, I'll also say, listen, I don't think I can help you or fix problems that you might have. I'm going to, I'll tell you that. Is that all right if I, if I also tell you that? I know. It's so refreshing. I, I, I know I keep using that word, but that was the thought that yeah. kept going through my mind. When I was first trained this, we started using it. I was just like, man, this is this is amazing because you see the customer's walls come down. When you take this approach, you know, customers usually have their walls up with salespeople, right? They don't want to be sold. Mm-hmm. And yet their walls, they didn't just come down. They evaporated in front of my eyes as I started taking this approach. And then I want to talk a little bit more about pain because I think it's a critical piece it is in, in all of this, but anything more you want to add to upfront contract? No, I think we covered it well. I mean, it sets up your call, your meeting each and every time you're having it, because you might have a 10 step, five step, whatever number of engagements on this sales cycle, using it every time in the same mm-hmm. manner, gets you a much better um, meeting call, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I love it. I, I, I mean, as you know, we've talked about my story. I was a, uh, sales director for a remodeling firm in portland oregon and um i I forget how i was introduced to sandler but somehow we came across it and we went to a day of kind of introduction seminar and we decided to implement it into 
our team. And I'll talk a little bit later about what happened because it was transformational. But let's go back to pain. Why do you think getting into that customer's pain is so powerful or their fear, right? Their their fear fear of loss is probably the biggest fear for people, right? But pain pain or problem in the presence, the most important thing, right? Uh, That anyone who wants to address. But the critical thing is you got to go in with the thought of, I need, I'm only here to help fix a problem that you have. Like Mm -hmm. it's, there's, there's no value in me coming to you to tell you how great my offering is if I don't even know you even have a problem, much less if I can fix that problem, right? And so absolutely, you and throughout, you always have to be, you identify that issue and those problems. And then you're talking about those problems only. When you get to presentation, it's only about those problems. But the important thing about that component is, is again, there's usually there's a sand the rule that says the problem the customer tells you is not the real problem, right? And so that's usually what we call surface problem. Right. And so you they'll identify that. But the real job is understand, OK, what's causing that? So there's a way to go question and dig in to get to those underlying problems. And then once you've done that is then working out what is it, what does that mean? What is the impact to you as a person or and or you as a business? What does that mean? Right. And that's because then it becomes an emotional thing rather than just uh, intellectually. I have to fix a problem. Right. Because then it's like, oh, I'll think about it. I'll think about fixing this problem. Once it's emotional, that's what that's what triggers the I am going to do something about the problem. Right. You have to make it uh, personal. You have yeah. to make sure they they are connecting with it and identifying. And, you, and that was gotta, a real You, you got to peel me. back the layers, right? You got to mm. peel back the layers, of the onion with them. Correct. So. Yep. That, that gets you to, to action once there's an emotional connection to the problem. Yeah. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about pain and fear in sales because I I believe it understanding it and helping your clients resolve that is uh, one of the most powerful elements in sales. I mean, I've been in sales for 38 years. I, so let's talk about that in a minute, and I'll share a little bit more about my story. We'll keep, we're visiting with Rob Jeremiahson of Scale Up Advisors. And we're up against our next and last break. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. If you're a nonprofit in need of funding, we can help. Certainty Management is a cost reduction firm that also helps churches, schools, sports teams, and other nonprofits raise unlimited zero cost funding. Best of all, you don't have to sell anything or ask for donations. Call 888 684 3122 to learn more today. That's 888 684 3122. Visit us on the web at certaintyteam.com. That's certainty, T E A M, like Mary.com. Certainty Management can help create more certainty in your life with our deep discount health insurance options, even for 1099s, part-time employees, volunteers, and more. Pay less to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your team. Call 888-684-3122 for a free quote today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty 
T-E-A-M, like Mary.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang. Have a question for Patrick or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show with Patrick. Welcome back to Finding Certainty. We're, we're glad you're with us on this nice Friday morning. Visiting with Rob Jeremiahson, he's the co-founder of the Sandler franchise here in Las Vegas. Uh, they are a sales trainer. They do leadership development, uh, operations, etc. I do want to get you to tell us a, just a little bit about that side of the business, but sure. let's come back to that in a minute here. Mm-hmm. We were ta- we've been talking about this process of getting the customer to open up, sharing their mm-hmm. Their needs and worries and pain, pain, as Sandler calls it. Um, I think it's a really critical piece. And for many, many years now, I've talked to my salespeople about the power of understanding their fear and even highlighting that fear. I'm going to put you on the spot uh, here, Rob. What do you think the greatest fear of most customers is? Their greatest fears. Uh... You know, it could be, it it usually stems from a lack of trust, right? Uh, Oftentimes, I should say, uh, comes from a lack of trust. Um, And that they're really uh, not letting the prospective uh, seller or whoever they're, you know, working with, uh, work with them in a way that actually gets to the real problems or, or gets the relationship established enough where, you know, there can be the openness, if you will, that that is needed if you're really going to have a effective relationship and, a, and an outcome that's the best it can be. Right. Um, so that that may be a part of it. I totally agree. I think um, there's there's kind of two main mm-hmm. fears I think customers deal with. One is the fear in the relationship with the salesperson. Can the salesperson really help me? Can I trust them to your point? Mm. Are they are they going to be a waste of my time and money, right? Beyond that, though, getting into the customer's pain, in my experience, now we all have fears, right? We have fear of the dark, fear of public speaking, fear of death, right? Mm. Uh, they rank the, t- the top fears. Most people, I think I heard uh, Jay Leno once say that most people would rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's a fear of public speaking, but but yeah. I think it all comes down. And this is just gospel according to Patrick, but I believe sure, it sure. all comes down to the fear of the unknown. Mm. And it's one thing that Sandler does really good is it peels back the layers of their fear or their pain and shows them a path so they have certainty, mm-hmm. which finding certainty plug, right? Yeah. So they have certainty, they have clarity in where they can go and how to get there. Mm. Would you agree? Yep, 100%. Yeah, I, that is a good way to put it. Um, and if the, if the establishment of trust is there to be able to really dig into the issues, again, 
more than just the surface level because normally you'll get a surface level problem that that's what they want to deal with and the, and that usually what salespeople do is they find they hear the first thing first problem and they're like i've been waiting all week for one of these things to come along and just bounce on it and they're they're doing the show and tell right it's called the show up and throw up right and telling them how great their stuff is usually a feature benefit sort of thing and that's going to be the answer that they need right and then they might progress along and that might close that deal might close and what have you but it's kind of surface level engagement surface level maybe impact uh and result for that company or that person 100 percent. yeah you know our experience with sandler was anything but surface mm-hmm. right we had our salespeople go attend the presence club as you call it as we called it back then i assume mm-hmm. that's still what it's called but the uh it was very deep deep running i guess mm-hmm. And yet it wasn't rocket science. It wasn't complex or complicated. There were very simple principles that Sandler just realigns them in a way and repackages them, I guess you could say, in a way that was really easy to learn. It was really easy to to wrap our heads around. Once we got it, though, our salespeople just loved it. Yeah, the trick, the important thing, and why Sandler is so effective, right, is the the, the way in which it approaches the training itself. I mean, you know, I've been in lots of training and many, you know, you've done, you might be a, a one day, a two day workshop, a five day thing, or, or, you know, once a quarter for a day. And it's a lot of information that you get in a lot of training. And, and it might be the, and it could be the greatest thing that you need and you're all about it. But what happened, no human can absorb that much, that much information and apply it and make it stick. So, you know, a month goes by, two months, three months go by, you're usually hanging on to one of maybe 10 things, right? Um, and that's normal. But what Sandler does is it's a, it's not a quick fix solution. It's a, it's a little bit of training over a long period of time. All of our training courses are year long. Many can go two and three years if, if the clients want to. Um, but it's around uh, taking a bit of information, you know, in a building block sort of way, uh, as we've kind of talked a little bit about. And, being able to digest it, how you learn how to apply it, tools that are given to you to use it. And then, you know, it's a weekly or bi-weekly sort of thing over the course of the year. Now it becomes permanent and there's a, there's a real change, right? It's sort mm-hmm. of in your DNA now. Um, and that's what makes it work well. And that's really one of the most effective things about Sandler. Absolutely right. I, uh, I experienced it, right? Yeah. Uh, I talked about my, uh, my own experience with Sandler, we, I had never heard of it before. I was introduced to it, went to a one-day training. We said, wow, this is interesting. Our general manager decided to send me and, uh, and my assistant sales manager to it mm-hmm. so we could come back and train our salespeople. Mm-hmm. We started implementing it, and we had them go to President's Club as well. And we took that company from, and I've told you this story, Rob, but we took the company, for all you listeners out there, from three and a half million a year, excuse me, 3.8 million a year to the next year, 7.5 million. We literally doubled mm. our production to the next year, 15.8 million. 
<laughs> Again, we doubled it. Yeah. Then we went to twenty million. I mean, you won't keep doubling forever. We were in yeah, a small, small market. Yeah. Amazing. But we were literally selling more than number two and number three combined. Chicago and Seattle. We became the number one branch in the country, out of mm-hmm. sixty-five offices nationwide. Yeah. And we were a lot smaller market than some of these places. Like Portland yeah. compared to Chicago yeah. is just there's no comparison. But we just. Right. We kicked all their butts, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's exciting. And, and I should be it, all to say. I mean, it wasn't all to say. It was some other things yeah. we did, but definitely on the yeah. on the sales side, they eventually promoted me to be a national sales trainer, and I traveled all over the country teaching offices how mm. to do what we did. And uh, Sandler was part of that. And sorry, you guys didn't get paid for that, but you know, no, listen. That's okay. That's great. I mean, I think it, it'll give you the uh, process, the methodology, the roadmap, right? Mm-hmm. And and what why you were successful? One is you know you used the training and you applied it and you used it, right? And you you used the the process, the methodology, and the roadmap, and you guys killed it, right? And so it's it's obviously a two way street. The we have the content that we can train and whatever the the learner, if you will, the client has to do the other end of it, obviously, for it to be successful. Um, but Unquestionably, again, yes. Yeah, and it's not, but it, it, to your point, it is not like some, you know, you have to have 20 years experience to have any idea how to even listen to this, right? It's not complicated. Um, a, a, a very new person just out of school uh, can pick this up and run for sure. You just have to be willing to try it and apply it. Yeah, yeah for sure. You know, um, you know what it did for me as a sales manager and a trainer is it made me confident that I could take any salesperson and make them better, mm. whether they were a veteran or a rookie. I recruited a guy who worked at a Valvoline store. He was making about 20000 a year as a manager. I said, I promise you, mm. we're straight commission, but I promise you, you can come work for us and you will you'll quit. You'll, quadruple what you're making quintuple it mm. and he did he came to us within a year he was making six digits he got to buy a house he got married he bought a he got a dog <laughs> yeah yeah i remember the day he was leaving sitting in my office across from the desk from me and the gm and he was going on his honeymoon the next day to cancun and yeah he, he literally had tears in his eyes rob thanking oh. us for changing life, yeah. life, right? And mm-hmm. it was a honeymoon that took him three years to actually go on. But yeah, that's my uh, probably my favorite Sandler success that's cool. that's was good. his I've story. Heard that before from you, so that's good. That's great. So, uh, in the last couple of minutes here, yeah, tell us real quick what you do uh, on the leadership side, the uh, leadership yeah. development. Yeah, so the, the sales is kind of the bread and butter, certainly, uh, for Sandler. Um, but we also do you know, leadership. There's two other key components, uh, leadership training, which is is for the the manager, the you know, a VP of sales, a CRO, could be the owner of the company, person that's responsible for the revenue of the business, right? And so that's a, a program that really goes into three areas. One is the leadership component. They're, where they're at as a leader, where they need to be, what their gaps are, how to get there. The other is the people side, right? So with the people they have now, what do they need? How do they find them? How do they properly interview? How do they select? How do they onboard, get them productive and grow them as people within the business? That's the other one. And then the, the third is the actual, you know, the managing and executing of the business, right? So 
the the, the metrics, the uh, KPIs, the things that we need to set in place, and the tools that you need to to deliver results and grow as you want. Those are the kind of key aspects there. Right. Um, and then is another program really is organizational excellence, which is more of an end to end piece of it. So this is you know HR, ops, marketing, sales, service, delivery after sales support, whatever, that kind of full piece of it. And it's designed to say, look, if, if we're, let's say you're a $15 million company, your, your aim is to be 30. There's a lot of things that you don't have that you need. So how do we, how do we logically go about um, managing that growth and growing the business and all the different things we don't have in place that we need in place? And that's usually for an owner, a CEO, a COO, type of person that's responsible for more than one silo of a business, right? So that's another uh, area that we work in. And then as a customer cares and new manager type programs as well um, that we do. So that would kind of round out a lot of the portfolio. That is the uh, blueprint, right? As we were saying, yeah. the roadmap. Yeah. yeah. So how, do, how do people get a hold of you, Rob, if they'd like to learn more? Well, um, as you mentioned, we're based in Las Vegas and our, our business is Nevada based, but we, you know, through, um, introductions and referrals, people we know, et cetera. We can do business really anywhere. Or if it's somewhere that we can't really support them on, there's a vast network that I would be able to connect them to if I can, if we can't help them specifically um, due to location or what have you. Um, but, you know, they can reach me at my email, uh, which uh, is, do you want me just to give email and phone number, Patrick? Or what's uh, the... maybe Maybe just the website. We can list the rest of it in the description to the show. Right. Um, so if you want to give them that, I think, you know, the, the best way to, to reach out uh, for us would be scaleup.sandler.com. So uh, S-C-A-L-E-U-P dot Sandler, S-A-N-D-L-E-R dot com. Fantastic. You've been listening to Finding Certainty. Again, if you're a repeat offender, as I say, a repeat customer, we appreciate you coming and spending your morning with us. Uh, Rob, thanks for being here with us. Always a pleasure, my friend. Yeah, really I tell great. everyone I know about Sandler, I saw it transform our business. I know it can do the same for both small and large organizations out there. Um, if you're seeking more certainty in your sales, reach out to Rob and David yeah. at Scale Up Advisors. If you're looking for more certainty in your life, Go back and listen to some of our other episodes. There's several examples of how people are doing that, how you can do that. Hope you have a great weekend, and thanks for joining us here on Finding Certainty. Thanks for tuning into today's episode of Finding Certainty. We hope you've gained some more insight into how to create more certainty in your own business or nonprofit. Join us next week for another taste of the certainty experience. Until then, we wish you greater certainty in all that you do.